This podcast is sponsored by the IAFF Financial Corporation. Working with Nationwide since 2003, the IAFF Financial Corporation provides IAFF members with access to deferred compensation plans, Roth 457s, post-employment health plans, and health savings accounts through the Frontline Program. With over $12 billion in assets under management, this program gives our brothers and sisters choices in their financial health. Visit IAFF-FC.com for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the IFF Podcast. Uh, Doug and Mark are in the house today with our third episode on IFF Cancer Awareness Month and cancer in the fire service. And our goal is to spend the entire month of January raising awareness on what cancer does to the fire service and the firefighters that are out there every day serving on the streets. So how are you doing today, Doug? I'm good. I I think now is a good time to remind folks too. A lot of firefighters are keenly aware that cancer is a major problem in the fire service right now. But this month isn't just about awareness. It's about giving the tips, the ideas, the best practices to really take that awareness and move it to the next step of prevention as well. So even if you think you've heard all about it, I think there's a lot of good information on these podcasts on the Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month website that the IFS produced that really will help drive home how we can best protect firefighters. Our episode this time is going to focus on the labor management relations. A lot of people say, well, how does that affect cancer awareness and cancer prevention. And the fact that is the labor management relations is going to be very important when a firefighter gets diagnosed with cancer. It's going to be, you know, how is that person going to be off? What are the policies that are in place? So we wanted to focus on a healthy relationship out of Garland, Texas. And with us today, we have two very special guests. I want to introduce Bill Cruz. He's the president of Garland Local 1293 and his chief, Mark Lee, from Garland, Texas. How are you today, gentlemen? Good morning. Doing great. Good morning. Good to be here. Chief, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, been in the fire service a long time. Uh, got my start in Louisville, Texas, uh, local 3606. We didn't have a local when I started, but we, we eventually got there. Um, did several years there and then went to a small organization. And when I joined the administrative side of the fire service, uh, that was in Murphy, Texas, which is local 4465. I did about 10 years there in admin and then had an opportunity to come here and join Garland and uh, with local 1293 as the local here uh, saw a great opportunity to, to partner up with some phenomenal firefighters and, and uh, continue moving forward in, in our daily endeavors. Bill? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of the fire service for a little more than 30 years now. Uh, I'm in my 25th year with the Garland Fire Department, currently serving as a lieutenant on B-Shift. Uh, and I just started my second term as president uh, with the Garland Local 1293, uh, previously being the uh, secretary treasurer. Uh, I also serve as a trustee with the Texas State Association of Firefighters and as an instructor for the IFF Peer Support Program. Well, thanks, Bill. This is a great opportunity right now to tell everybody listening about the Garland Fire Department. So, Chief, tell us about your department. It's uh, we've got 
operate out of 11 stations. We got 264 authorized is the number of firefighters running single company houses out of each of those houses. And each house also is accompanied by a um, MICU transport unit uh, that is fire-based EMS as well. We're running, I I believe, a little over 27,000 calls per year. Uh, It's a department that is all about family, uh, which is one of the things that drew me to join this this agency is uh, they're phenomenal firefighters and phenomenal brothers and sisters in the fire service. They've got a a strong history of taking care of each other and taking care of this community and doing it with uh, within the resources that the community can afford. And uh, it's it's truly an honor to be a part of an organization that puts service to the community first. All right. So one of the reasons we're focusing on Garland today is because of the strong labor management relationship that Local 1293 has with Chief Lee's administration. So the two of you want to jump in and discuss that. How do you work together to solve the issues on the department? From the very beginning of Chief Lee's time here in Garland, there's been a commitment to working together in the interest of the safety and welfare of of Garland firefighters. While the interview process uh, for hiring our new chief was ongoing, uh, my predecessor, previous President David Riggs, met with Chief Lee so we could begin to understand his philosophy and he could begin to learn about our culture as a department. And when David announced his retirement and it became apparent that I would be the next president, Chief Lee and I began to meet and continue this relationship. David had committed to be a barometer for Chief Lee in regards to firefighter morale and feelings about new policies. And in turn, Chief Lee would make sure that the local was kept in the loop and aware of those things that would affect the labor group. We continue that same commitment today. So how does how does the relationship, you know, I mean, obviously we can work together to solve things within the department, but how does your relationship work? How does it, how do the back and forth work and how do you help each other out when dealing with elected officials and issues outside of the department that actually affect the department, the budget process, things, things of that nature? I think that Bill and I try to align and, and approach any situation that's before us. We try to approach it from the same side of the table. And, and by that, I mean that he and I both have got the same interest um, for our, our, our firefighters in the community and that provide high level of protection, make sure that our people are well taken care of and we, we stay focused on mission. And if we, if we both have the same goals, anytime that we have a problem or a program that we're trying to promote, if we approach it from the same side and work together, we can truly synergize and, and come together with, with outstanding results. And whether it's dealing with elected officials, uh, we're, Bill and I are very transparent with each other. If, if we've got a challenge that's coming up, I'm, I'm on the phone with him. I'm calling him. I'm saying, hey, Bill, we've got this that's fixing to take place, or we've got this situation that council's fixing to have a, a discussion on. And I bring him up to speed on what I know, and he brings me up to speed on what he knows. And then we, we join together to try, to try to get the best outcome that we can. We found that keeping those lines of communication open, as well as the willingness to see the situation from each other's perspective, works to both of our advantage. Like Chief Lee said, we're able to approach city admin and council from the same side of the table. And we're able to do that because we've talked about it beforehand and we've come to an understanding. As a result, council's not having to choose who to side with. 
since what they're being presented answers both the needs of the labor and management side, and it's being presented uh, cohesively uh, and together. So, Chief, you had mentioned it when you talked, and it sounds like you guys have a really great working relationship, and you mentioned that you're a family. Um, my knowledge of families tells me that there's often, con- or not often, but there's sometimes conflict amongst those families. How do you guys deal? I mean, it's great to get along and work ahead as things are progressing and work forward to things, but how do you deal with conflict and make sure that as you deal with that conflict, you know, you maintain that relationship and that family atmosphere? You're spot on. Family doesn't always get along. Family is some of the, the, the deepest conflict one can ever get themselves into. And the best way to handle the conflicts are to confront them. I mean, nobody likes confrontation. Everybody hates confrontation. But the more difficult the, the confrontation is going to be, the more important it is to have it. And so, again, when, when we're in conflict with each other, we're, we're just, we put it on the table. Right? This, this is the viewpoint that I have, or this is the viewpoint. I want to hear your viewpoint as well. And, and let's, let's understand where we're both at on this and see if we can find some commonalities that we can go forward with while still maintaining our individual views. Uh, but that's, that's the beauty that we have here is Bill and I can sit down and we can have that conversation and we can agree to disagree at the end of it, or we can agree with what we're going to go forward with. And there's no hurt feelings. Uh, he's got a great, great view from, from the association's standpoint and as a, a lieutenant in our organization. He, he mentioned David Riggs earlier when that meeting that David Riggs and I had when I was going for this job, uh, David told me that if I'm successful, that he's going to be my awareness coach. And that's one thing that I asked Bill to do is, is continue that awareness coach approach that keeps me informed of the things that I need to know, things that I may have done inadvertently or maybe even on purpose that that could cause additional conflict in the organization. And and when when those things occur, we talk about it and, and we get it out there. And just like family, though, when it's over, it's over. We're we're still we're still brothers of the fire service. That's good that, that the two of you have a united front. I'm sure that's a huge benefit when you're dealing with risk managers, workers comp personnel, your human resources department in the city. Do you do you run into issues with them as a united front? Certainly. Uh, what fire department doesn't run into conflict with risk management, human resources, or any other number of departments in the city? Many times those conflicts are a result of not understanding fire culture. Uh, we have to approach these conflicts with the same open mind, educating the other departments about fire culture while trying to understand the issue from their perspective as well. Uh, we're lucky here in Garland that that family attitude exists throughout the city. Uh, There is the inevitable conflict, but at the end of the day, we're all working towards a common goal. Ultimately, our mission is serving the citizens of Garland. If I can add on to that as well, that Bill also meets regularly with the city manager. And there's a lot of fire chiefs that don't like to have that that relationship that the, the association president and the city manager meet without the fire chief being present the best way to get the information out there is for them to meet without me. And 
And just like when I meet with the city manager, I don't invite Bill to come along, but there are times that we'll sit down together with the CM or the HR, workers' comp, risk, and, and have those conversations. But there's a foundation of trust here amongst all of those players that uh, we all know that at the end of the day, we got to do what's right for the community and then for the firefighters. And as long as we all realize that that's, that's the mission, then we get things done. So talk a little bit, you know, Bill, if, if you don't mind, about how that relationship and how your working relationship with the chief and, you know, the labor management stuff all works as you start to get into cancer prevention and the policies and SOPs. My guess is just from the way this conversation has gone so far, it wasn't a top-down approach, but it was everybody working together. Can I talk about how you guys went about doing some of that if you could? We recognized early on that this wasn't just a top-down or a bottom-up issue, but one that must be approached universally. There has to be buy-in from all levels. Uh, There's equipment and supplies that need to come from the city, a, a sense of awareness and accountability from the command staff, as well as from the firefighters in the field. One of the biggest things was getting buy-in from those firefighters in the field, and, and we did that with education, and the Cancer Support Network was instrumental in this. Once they understood the risk and the benefits of preventative actions, they were more willing to uh, break away from tradition and comply with the new standards. As we all know, equipment procedures are no good if the ones that need to put it into action are unwilling to do so. Chief, what are your thoughts about how you guys work together to try to go about cancer prevention in the fire department? The uh, bill has is, is been one of the big drivers on, on the cancer support network things that we've done. A, a fire chief can sit in the desk and up on high and, and make mandates and dictates and everything else that are put out there. But it, when it comes from the troops, that's the most meaningful things that we can do. And, and Bill has come to us and said, hey, we want to we want to do some things out in the field to better protect our firefighters in the future against cancer. And the things that, that we're doing are just phenomenal. You know, I, Bill, I think the first one was the uh, I'm, I'm going to call it the decon bucket. But it, you know, we, we, he came up with this device uh, that we simply spray each other down at the scene and do particulate removal right there at the, at, the, at the fire scene before they ever mount back into the apparatus, before we worry about taking the gear and, and trying to figure out what we're going to contaminate or not contaminate. So that was kind of one of the first steps was, was that decon bucket uh, that's carried on all of the aerial apparatus and we put that into play after these fires. And then it came into the apparatus themselves and the apparatus design committee wanted to come up with a, a cabinet that is separate from the cab, but it's immediately adjacent to the seat that the person rides in that they can store their gear in so that we're not having the contaminated gear returned back to the cab of the apparatus. Uh, it's the second sets of gear. It's getting additional extractors in the stations. It's it's all of these things that are coming from the troops, which are the easiest changes in the world for a fire chief to make because you've already got the buy-in. You, you kind of talked about some of the SOPs. Is there anything else 
that Garland Fire is doing in particular, other than the decontamination after the scene, as far as SOPs? Yes, sir. We're uh, encouraging all of our members to get their annual physicals done uh, right after I got here. Bill, you can speak to this more than I can, but we the, the association did the cancer dogs uh, and, and had everybody on the mask. And I think that since I've been here, that truly was the first step at cancer prevention was making sure who's who might be facing cancer currently or needs to be watching for it down the road. And that awareness level really, really stepped up and, and got the attention of all the troops. And then from there, it's just continued to, to escalate. And the second set of gear is the next step. We've got, we've got second sets for the entire department on order currently. And the, the, the checkups, the well checks, uh, all of these things are playing a huge role in protecting our crews, the education components. Bill comes in in the Recruit Academy and discusses some of these, these programs with them and the importance of getting the additional insurance for, for a cancer policy, if you will, for, for the future of the department. I've convinced my bosses that I believe that the the significant rise in firefighter cancer is due to my generations of firefighters. We didn't take these precautions. We didn't keep our gear clean. We didn't hesitate to throw your, your boots and pants next to the bed at night. And all of the things that are totally outlandish to think of doing today were done in the past. So we're seeing the cancer rises because of that. A lot of a lot of guys that raised me in the fire service have all battled. Some have lost in the cancer fight. We're seeing it in some of our older firefighters here. We're seeing it in some young ones too. But I think that with the things that we're putting in place, we won't ever remove all the risk, but I think we're significantly reducing them. It goes back to that systemic approach. Uh, it starts with Chief Lee's commitment to protecting uh, the firefighters with the right policies and equipment um, as best he can. And, and likewise, a commitment from the field personnel to take advantage of those opportunities and that equipment. That commitment you know, brings about things like uh, an extra ambulance being added to the first alarm assignment to address rehab early on. Uh, battalion chiefs allowing companies to stay out of service a little longer so crews can get a shower within the hour. This overall commitment it's not only obvious within the department, but to those uh, from the outside looking in. Um, and, and it pays off, not just with healthier firefighters, but with that further commitment that comes from the city admin. Uh, just for an example, uh, this last budget cycle, uh, Chief Lee presented a plan uh, to the council to purchase a second set of bunker gear for all firefighters over the next couple of years. The council seeing the commitment of not only the command staff, but also uh, the field personnel and, and the labor group to cancer prevention and the importance of uh, that second set of bunker gear said that's not good enough. And, and as a result, directed the city manager to find the funds in order to buy a second set of bunker gear for every firefighter immediately. Uh, and, and we're in the process of making that happen. Uh, and of course, with that happening, that that has an effect, a positive effect on the morale uh, and the further commitment uh, to go that extra mile uh, of the field personnel to protect themselves. 
So as the fire chief and as the union president, there is, there has been, or there will be a point in time to where you get that dreaded news that a member of the department has cancer, a member of the local has cancer. What does Garland Fire Department, what does Local 1293 do when that happens? They spring into action and what's the process for, for a member with cancer? As a local, uh, our primary concern is for the needs of the firefighter and their family. We've, we've had a benevolence fund for many years just for this reason. The financial impact uh, of a cancer diagnosis can be overwhelming. Uh, and we try to be in a position where we can take that off the table, uh, you know, as well as brothers and sister firefighters uh, willing to step up and, and take care of daily tasks around the house that um, that can't be done because of, of health reasons or because of treatment and so on. And we also have our peer support team that plays an important role in doing what we can for the mental well-being of both the firefighter and their family. And then we bring the resources of not only the state association, but the international uh, to the benefit of our member, uh, not only in finding the right doctors, but also as it begins to apply to their, their workers' comp claim. From a department perspective, we try to make sure that they get their paperwork filed quickly and properly. Uh, the state of Texas and the workers' comp laws that are here, they've got a limited amount of time to get that paperwork filed. We have implemented uh, or I've, I've created a new spot that answers direct to my office that is a health and safety officer. It's currently filled by a person with a battalion chief's rank, and we're trying to educate that person in the workers' comp process so that anything that we can do from the, the city department side to help facilitate the workers' comp process, we're, we're actively trying to do that. Uh, and yes, it has happened. We've got some folks that are out long-term right now. Uh, we've got another that was just diagnosed. And it's it's uh, places a lot of fear in, in, in a lot of our members, uh, self-included, because cancer is very real. It's, it's, it, it kills firefighters way too often, and we want to help our folks get through it. The workers' comp process is very complicated, and we just try to help them facilitate that. And I think that 1293 does a great job of helping them navigate from from their perspective the 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 people that they need on their team to win this workers' comp claim. They make certain that they're there. Right now, we're in the process of putting a workers' comp liaison in place. Uh, would be one of our members who's been trained in the ins and outs of workers' comp uh, to work uh, in conjunction with the health and safety officer of the department to make sure the paperwork is filed and on time. Uh, be there to help the, the member understand where they are in the process and what's next. The system is confusing, and with the way the laws are written, the, the injured worker has to do so much of this on their own. We want to give them as much help as we can. Uh, the last thing we want to see is a, a, a denied claim because the paperwork was late or, or not filed properly. We talked earlier about our risk manager. Uh, we had a, a, a new retiree. He hadn't been gone very long at all, was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And he, his spouse, myself, uh, Bill, I think you were in that meeting as well. I can't remember for sure. I know his battalion chief was. And our risk manager sat down at the table. 
And the risk manager told them the options are to file the workers' comp stuff and, and try to get benefits that way, to stay on the medical insurance side of it and, and continue forward with the stuff. But he gave them a little leeway in there. He said that a decision point will come, but in the meantime, let's let's continue with your medical insurance side while you make that decision. But we can go ahead and start the paperwork on the workers' comp side until that decision point comes. And, and that member is still very deep in a battle and they, they chose not to go the workers' comp side. But in another case that we currently have, we've got a member that's been out a little over a year now fighting a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a, a rare type of that. And he's on the workers' comp trail and we're watching it closely and 1293 is doing a phenomenal job of helping him navigate uh, that pathway to, to hopefully getting this claim classified as workers' comp. I, I tell you, I, I love to hear that you guys are helping people navigate the workers' comp morass. Um, it's hard enough on a regular workers' comp claim. I think most of our members probably know that. Um, once you start talking about a cancer claim, it becomes even more difficult to really document it and get it exactly right. So the fact that your risk manager is working with you and that the local has a work comp liaison, I think really speaks to the efforts that you guys are using in that joint management, labor management relationship to help the members. It's not just a theoretical at that point that helps with a contract or some language somewhere. It really comes down to helping members as they you know, deal with some of the most difficult decisions of their life. So that, kudos to you guys for really making that work, especially in that important area. The system's not built for the common person to easily understand or navigate. Uh, as always, the, the house has the advantage. Uh, just the other day, we're meeting with our brother who has the rare form of, of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And on top of the anxiety of, of worrying about his future health, uh, he expressed great trepidation about what is the next step. Uh, are we going about this the right way? Uh, are we are we going to meet the next deadline? Over and over again, I, I hear about the the stress of cancers enough, but add on to it the stress of navigating this confusing system, uh, and it's simply overwhelming, uh, overwhelming to the point that firefighters would rather incur extra debt taking care of this with their uh, private insurance rather than uh, try to carry it through with the workers' comp claim. Uh, the more knowledge and effective resources that we can put into place, the more that brother or sister can just focus on getting better. That, that's great to hear. And, uh, you know, it can be very unnerving when, when a firefighter's hit with a situation like that. And just knowing that uh, the leaders at the top aren't bickering. I'm sure it goes a long way towards, you know, keeping a family at ease because, like you said, they don't know where to turn. That system is, is super complicated. So getting back to the labor management side of things, what are some of the recommendations that the two of you have to other union presidents and other chiefs out there on how to strengthen their, their labor management relationship? Well, one of the biggest things I would recommend uh, is setting up a regular meeting, committing to sitting down together once a month to communicate about what's happening with the department from both sides of the table. You may have very little uh, to nothing on the agenda to discuss, 
but you'll be amazed at what comes up as you just chat uh, and what can be accomplished at those informal sit downs. Uh, together, you can address issues before they become a problem. Uh, I regularly communicate to Chief Lee the general feeling and morale of the department. Uh, what do they see as issues that need to be addressed? And in turn, he communicates to me things coming down the pipeline uh, that will affect my members. If I can echo a little bit of what Bill said as well, the, the communication chain has to be there. The trust has to be there. The relationship has to be there. And just chatting helps build all of those things. And then when the big stuff hits, you've already got the relationship. You've already got the trust. You already know that, that I can confide in, in, in my counterpart for us to do right things. And other stuff that we try to do, anytime that we're writing new policy or reviewing or, or, or revising an existing policy, when time permits, which it typically does coming from this office, uh, I can send it to Bill and, and get the association's input before we publish this thing. Because we all know that policy can create conflict. And we talked about that earlier in the family. And if we can get the feedback from the association in advance, it sure helps. And then that extends all the way into when we're dealing with discipline issues that, that we know that we have our jobs to do and our roles to be in. But when we know that we can trust each other to, to do what's right for the community and the department and, and the firefighters, then we, we can do our jobs and be very effective at it. So we've come to that point in the show where, where we hit our guests up for their closing thoughts. And cancer in the fire service is something that we need to tackle. And one of the ways to do that is to strengthen that relationship between the union and the administration. And uh, just Chief, Bill, in closing, just give me some additional thoughts on the relationship, the importance of the relationship, and how it affects the way Garland goes about treating firefighters with cancer. I think it's all about communication. I think that understanding the association's perspective and, and doing my best to understand that before I expect them to understand the department's perspective. And, but again, when it comes to protecting our firefighters or taking care of our firefighters when they're sick and ill and injured, that's our role. That's my role. That's Bill's role. We know that that's what we have to do. And our, we're, we're very fortunate in Garland because our elected officials, our city staff, they understand it too. They know that we got to take care of our people and they're willing to support that. And you've got to keep the doors open whenever Bill comes in. Uh, even if I'm having a horrible day, it just got better because he walked in my office and we're going to have a conversation and we're going to both be open-minded. We're going to keep our hearts open and we're going to uh, keep, keep the doors open for that communication chain. For me, it's about collaboration. It's about working to see things from each other's perspective. Uh, we can gear up for the fight all the time, uh, but we're only going to get so far when all we do is fight against each other. Somebody may win, but there is inevitably animosity as a result of that win. If we can focus on working together for a common goal, we can go so much further uh, and we can set ourselves up for a better interaction the next time. At the end of the day, we, we take much better care of our people and much better care of the citizens of the city that we all have taken an oath to serve. 
On that note, I want to take this opportunity to thank Chief Mark Lee, Chief of Garland, Texas Fire Department, Bill Cruz, President of Garland Firefighters Local 1293, for joining us today on the show uh, and being very candid about your relationship and how you work together to improve the cancer prevention efforts on the fire department there for your members. So I applaud your efforts. I thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate not just you being here, but your honesty and your willingness to talk. And sometimes um, I think a lot of our locals and our fire chiefs are geared up, like Bill said, for the fight. And the two words that struck me as you guys were closing were communications and collaboration. If we can make those things work, it makes the fight a lot easier because we don't have to have it. We can prevent the fight from ever needing to get there and actually accomplish a whole lot of things for our firefighters out there, not just for cancer, not just for cancer prevention, but on every issue. And it's really great to see you guys are able to do that. So appreciate you being here and sharing your stories. Thank you. It was a lot to be here. Thanks for having us. So Doug, I wanted to, as we close out today's show, I want to echo your sentiments in something Bill had mentioned earlier. I think in a lot of situations, our, our members and our leaders are always geared up for a fight. You know, they're told we're at war. We, you know, that's not the case all the time. It's about relationships. It's about forging forward with people you need to work with on a daily basis. And if there's local presidents out there that really want to have a better relationship, I would urge them to check out the IFF um, LMA program, the Labor Management Assistance Program that is uh, currently being run by uh, Jim Ridley at headquarters in the education department. Uh, It's a great program, brings uh, leaders on both sides together and really works through exercises to help you to help you have a better relationship because at the end of the day when the admin and the union are working together you're going to accomplish a lot more for more information on the labor management assistance program at the iff contact your district vice president or you can email us at strategic campaigns at iff.org i want to take this opportunity to